Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? This is Jesse Cass with the LMU Basketball Podcast. You're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome into the show, everyone. Once again, Jesse Cass here with you for the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, and we have a very good show for you here this week. Uh, Last week, we had a a fun show with the LMU team managers. This week, we have one of the best players to ever lace them up for the Lions, the recent senior and about to graduate, James Bateman, who uh, has his name etched all over the LMU Lion record book despite playing just two years after transferring from junior college, but... 29th all-time in scoring with over a thousand points 1091 to be exact he's number 13 all-time in career points per game at 17 a ball game he's also in the top 20 in many career categories as well as 10th all-time in assist average at 4.1 he is a a great guy and was such a great player for the lions and really excited to bring you our conversation right before we do want to let you know that we're available on all your favorite directories, Apple and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on all your favorite social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now you can follow me on Twitter as well at Jesse underscore cast. But right now we want to get you right into our conversation with the recent LMU grad, James Bateman, talking about his Lions career, his path there, and his future as he looks to go into professional basketball as well. But here it is, our conversation with James Bateman on the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm now joined by my guest here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. It's LMU Lions senior James Bateman. James, thanks so much for coming on the show. No, no problem, man. Thank you for having me, dude. And James, the uh, season, of course, came to an end a couple of months ago. Uh, what's it been like just kind of processing this whole year, uh, knowing that you know, your final year as a Lion uh, and processing that all and, and just coming to an end? Uh, I was just relishing it and taking it all in, you know. Uh, it being my senior season, I mean, the long journey that I went went to went through coming from Milwaukee and having to go to North Dakota and then coming here at LMU, uh, playing two years. It was a wonderful two years, probably the best two years of my life, uh, getting experiences, experience that. And then the first season, you know, getting 11 wins and second season doubling it. It just it just felt great. It felt like I you know left left history, left my mark, and uh, I just I just felt good about it. So I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had, and then the seasons that I had was amazing with the people group of people I've been with. So it was great, man. Yeah, and you touched on it a little bit there, just with of course the great success that you had in your career in your two years. You know, you're all over the LMU record books in, in just those two years' time. But it was a long journey to get here. Uh, you know, you were a great player out of high school, ended up going the junior college route. Uh, mentioned North Dakota State College of Science. What led you to there and then that journey coming over here to LMU? Well, what led me there first was I didn't know much about junior college or anything other than D1. I mean, that's all I see on TV. So that's the only thing I really knew about. So when the options were kind of scarce for me going Division One, it was like, man, what am I going to do? So I took visits to Division Two schools and uh, I just didn't feel, I felt like I was a lot better than that and I would be selling myself short if I would have went 
Division Two, not disrespecting Division Two or anything at all, because it's great basketball play there. But I, I just felt like I was a Division One player, so I took the junior college route, and luckily. One of the guys reached out to me um, because they found out I was going to junior college and a lot of junior college started talking to me. So um, North Dakota was kind of far away from home, so it gave me a chance to get away from home and uh, not be dependent so much on my parents. And then uh, me going there, it was just like they had a good program and they was uh, always in the championship game, their conference tournament, giving them a chance to go to national tournament. So I'm like, hey, why not? And I uh, went there first year, went to the national tournament. Second year, we lost two games and was one game short of the national tournament and didn't get automatic bid. But, I mean, those was great basketball years for me, too. So that's kind of what ultimately led me there because just one phone call led to another, and I ended up in North Dakota. <laughs> and I have to imagine that kind of felt like a slight for you. As mentioned, you had a really good career in Milwaukee in high school. Uh, to not get those D1 looks that you wanted and have to go that route. Was that a chip on your shoulder? Yeah, that kind of put a chip on my shoulder because I, I was kind of upset. I thought I was better than that, and uh, a lot of guys overlooked me, and that's just what I play with for the rest of my career. I feel like playing with a chip on my shoulder because guys are going to overlook me all the time. You know, since since high school, when I felt like I was a Division One player, I was overlooked. Junior college, I was overlooked, and... At the Division One level, I was able to showcase my talent, so I, I was thankful for the opportunity I had. And, and you just mentioned how successful your junior college team was in North Dakota. Uh, I have to imagine that a lot of guys on that level kind of feel the same way that you did, that they deserve to be Division One players, and, and that level of competition is intense in itself. What was that like playing uh, in the junior college level? Uh, it was a great experience because it was a lot of guys that, you know, everybody was pretty much out for themselves. I mean, everybody had to prove themselves so they can get Division One and most guys, you got 10 guys on the team who's trying to go to Division One. The other two guys are just walking on who's living in the area. Yeah. So everybody's trying to get the same goals and, and achieve the same thing. So it, it was real competitive for me. And uh, we, we had a good group of guys, a good, good team. And that's why I felt like we beat a lot of teams because we didn't have so much star power or star talent who was trying to go to Division One. It was other guys that like may have got in trouble was trying to find different Division Two schools or whatnot or was just playing because they lived in the area. So we was more of a team than a lot of other teams. So talented teams that had five, six Division One guys, we were able to beat them because they were selfish going one-on-one -on -one ball while we was playing more as a team. And that's what kind of led to the success there in the SCS. And, and what was it like getting away from home? You mentioned, you know, getting away from living, you know, with your parents at home. You have a big family. You know, you're the oldest sibling of nine. Uh, what was it like? Was it hard being away from home and taking that step to, to go to junior college? I will say the first month, maybe. But I went with one of my best friends. We were roommates, and he played ball, too. So that kind of made it easy. And um, after that first Christmas break, we did come home for Christmas. And then I, I was like, man, I'm at home too long. Like, I was there <laughs> 11 days, and it was just too long, and I was ready to go back. And that's when I kind of knew, I was like, you know, I really don't get too much homesick. You know, I was ready ready for this lifestyle, ready for the basketball travel, and, and that's pretty much where that went. And you had the, the hard work ethic kind of instilled in you, you know, from your family and growing up. You had to work in a factory for a couple of summers. How did that prepare you for kind of going forward and playing college uh, basketball at this level? It just prepared me to be, you know, giving my all every day because, you know, you never know when it's over and you can end up working here for a permanent job. And that's that's not something that I wanted to do, work in a factory for a permanent job. I felt like I was blessed with God-given abilities, so why not showcase my God-given abilities and be able to take care of me and my family? So 
that that was, that was just something, another chip on my shoulder, just, you know, working. Uh, I couldn't even get in the gym a lot of times. Some days I worked 12 hours because I was, you know, trying to get the money. And then I was actually just experienced what it's like to work a 12-hour day. You don't really <laughs> have a life. So it, it's kind of hard because you sleep for eight hours and you got about four hours to move around. And after that, you work at 12 hours. So it was real difficult, you know, to try to fit basketball in and, and that's why I said, you know what, I'm going to take this as serious as I can and give it my all and play this game until I can anymore. And that's what I, luckily I got to, you know, got the opportunity to play Division One ball and it all kind of paid out. So it was like a master plan for my, for my dad, I said. Yeah, no question. And, and what was it like, uh, or what was the first contact with LMU or other Division One programs after you were playing well at the JUCO level um, to get that look from LMU? What was that process like of them kind of taking interest in you and you deciding to come here? Well, I'll say my first year, I probably had like one school, one offer, uh, and it was, a North, it was a, in North Carolina, it was a HBCU Division One, and they probably had like three wins the year that I declined their offer, but the year before they probably had like five. Mm. So it was just like, man, I, <laughs> I know I want to go to Division One, but I don't want to lose every night. That'd be a, t- night a tough route, night. yeah. And then they play big teams like North Carolina and all that, but it's like, I mean, I want to actually have a chance to beat them teams, yeah. you know. I don't want to just play them just to say I did. So I came back a second year to junior college, and after uh, my second year, uh, around like the regular recruiting time, uh, a bunch of schools was kind of calling, and LMU kind of stood out. Um, because uh, a lot of assistants were calling, and, you know, stretching out offers, but I talked to the head coach here, and Mike Dunlap, he was, uh, you know, very honest and upfront right away. And I felt that kind of connection. So I, he said, you know what, I'll, I'll go on a visit and test the school out. I mean, it's LA too, so yeah. the location was was great. And I had a couple other schools, one that was close to home. And um, after I visited their first Bradley University, I really wasn't feeling too much of the visit. It was just, just wasn't my fit, you know, wasn't yeah. the right fit. And I came out here and, um, when I when I was here with with coach, we kind of built that connection right away, and it was just like a no brainer. Like he was gonna give me an opportunity. He was up front, honest. Other schools was like calling me saying, "You're gonna guarantee you start, blah blah blah. You're gonna be a starter for us." And I'm like, "Okay, that sounds great. That sounds good." But then I had to think about it. Like when I talked to him, he was like, "You know, you're not guaranteed nothing. You know, you you have that opportunity. You're guaranteed the opportunity, and I'll give you the opportunity to be the starting point guard." But I can't just guarantee you this and I have other players, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, that's what I want to hear. I want to work for it. I don't want to just have anything handed to me. Yeah. You know, if I have to work for it and I'll work my opponent or I'll work my teammate to get what I want, then that's what I'm willing to do. And that's what kind of ultimately led me to LMU. He, we built that connection right away. And, uh, I mean, he said he was giving me opportunity and he did. And he did. Yeah, two years later, starting point guard for both years and really built, being a huge part of kind of building this program to – one of the best seasons we've seen in quite some time for for the school. What was the the transition like from that eleven win team to this year with the twenty two wins? I think you could see it at the end of last year with the the building and, and winning, playing well at the end of the year. But to carry that forward into this season. Well, first off, the crazy thing is you said two years later you was a starting point guard both years. Coming in my first summer, which is crazy story, but. I was actually rated the third best point guard on the team after the summer workout. So <laughs> I kind of went home and I was down on myself, like, what am I doing? Like, I wasn't playing well the first summer and everything was just going crazy. And uh, one of my closest friends, Joe Quintana, 
he was actually the first point guard and what happened was he ended up getting hurt and luckily it just opened up an opportunity for me to move up one slot and then Cameron Allen he was another guard that was ahead of me and he made a mistake one one day in practice and when I got the opportunity to be a starter, I just ran off with it. So it, it was never, never gave it yeah, back not, up. Never <laughs> gave it back up, and it was just kind of, kind of strange and ironic how it happened because I could have, you know, been coming off the bench easily. And, yeah. And how it led to that, it was crazy. And I always joke around with Joe about that stuff, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was just blessed to have the opportunity. But as I reflect on uh, last year to this year, it was just man, like towards the end of the year, you could feel that. You know, we were headed in the right direction. I think we just clicked a little bit too late or fi- found the, our group that we was going with a little too late. We bought into defense a little too late. And uh, then we found out how to close games a little too late. And yeah. this year we started right away. Started off, what, 7-0, 8-0. It was, yeah, we was closing games. And we had a couple close games in there. And we found a way to, you know, close the game. And that was just the maturity building from going one year to the next year. And I felt like everybody matured and we were smarter and we played smarter. And that's why I felt like a lot of those close games that we were in when we won 11 games, we could have won, but you know, we didn't have the right, you know, mindset and right, you know, maturity to close out games. And this year I felt that we had that and that's what ultimately led us to a 20 plus win season. Yeah, and there, are there any games that stand out, whether it be from two seasons ago or, or this past season? as kind of your, your favorite moments or ones that, that really jump out when you think about, look back on your career, some games or moments that, that really stand out? I'd say probably one of my favorites, probably two was from this year. Last year, I, we had some good moments. Um, I'll say Gonzaga in the conference tournament for last year was was big for us because we I think we was down one and a half, but we had them on, on, on our heels the whole game. And, I mean, they just took off at the end, and it was kind of a great sign that, you know, next year would be good. And then yeah. when we played the first big big competition, which was UNLV this year, uh, that was a real fun game. We came and showcased dominance from start to end, and it was just fun. Everybody, you know, everybody contributed, and uh, it was a big-time win versus a big-time program, and UNLV is historic, and everybody know their history. So winning, winning against them was great at their home, and then Georgetown was probably – the biggest one in Jamaica because, I mean, we had a fun trip going out of the country with the guys and we was all hanging out and having fun. And, you know, uh, after we beat Georgetown, it was just like a moment like, wow, we really just beat Georgetown. It's Patrick Ewing on the sidelines. <laughs> and I shake his hand. I'm looking at him. And I'm, I'm looking at all, but we just beat his team. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not really looking too excited. But, yeah, that, that Georgetown <laughs> win was probably one of, the, one of the ones that kind of stuck with me. I remember, I remember you saying that after that trip, like, oh, man, I just shook Patrick Ewing's yes, hand. And yes, and it was crazy. It was <laughs> like, man, we seen him all before the game and then, you know, days before the game and then finally actually getting a chance to play his team and beat his team. That was, that was a real fun game. Uh, that, was, that was big. Yeah, that, that was an amazing trip. And, yeah, for me as well, like, Patrick Ewing is my favorite player yeah, ever yeah, growing yeah, up. So I just, that, like, yeah. the whole experience. Took that picture with him. Yeah. Like, man. <laughs> really took a picture with Patrick Ewing. I know, it's crazy, but just yeah, to win that one, you got the MVP in that tournament, to win that tournament, uh, and to get to be in Jamaica, like you said, having a fun time and traveling while also working hard. Uh, what was that like to have that experience? You also had the Australia trip this summer, to have those kind of unique experiences where you get to travel to some some places that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to go. 
Uh, it was great, man. It was a great experience because you got to go with a group of guys, you know. And then it's my senior year, so, I mean, this is going to be my last collegiate team. I mean, them guys, they're going to have different teams next year because, you know, they weren't, weren't seniors. But for me, it was like, man, this is my last team. So falling, getting lucky and falling on those foreign trips that we had, the years they fell on, and we got to experience that was just great, man. And I mean, I, we had we had tons of fun in Australia and Jamaica, and I wouldn't wouldn't want to share that with another group of guys. I mean, it, it was just it was just amazing. So those trips right there, those helped our bond get a lot stronger, and I think those trips have helped us too during the season because you know going out of the country and bonding with somebody so long, what eleven days? I think we went to Australia eleven, twelve days, yeah. and just like. You're out of the country, it's new to you, it's new to them. And uh, it, was, it was just fun. So those, those trips, I think, really helped us build a lot of good chemistry. Yeah, and along with the, the all the road trips, you seem to have a really good connection with the fans and just the, the building here at home. I know you always played really well in this building. You had a connection to the fans. You had some big moments. Uh, I know when we talked to each other after the game, what, what was supposed to be senior night, you were a little emotional about thinking about the last game. Then you got the extra opportunity in the postseason. Just what did it mean to develop that relationship here and, you know, play so many games here in Gerson Pavilion and play so well? Uh, it just meant a lot because uh, it showed, like, the fan base that we did have, that they, they cared. And um, they was just excited. And we had, like, a little student section that was rattled up. And uh, I was surprised the attendance that we got uh, during the playoff games because uh, – I mean, we thought it was over. We didn't know we was playing another game. So everybody coming out to support, that, that was just big for us. And, and we got the win. And, I mean, our last two games on this floor, we won. And they seen yeah. that. So, I mean, when we lost, they didn't they didn't get to see it. I mean, they might have seen it on TV. But yeah. we, we won in this building. And that, that was just a great opportunity. And then it was just good for the crowd to give us, like, a standing ovation. Like, thank you, you know, Lions, for giving us a great year. And uh, I felt that the team – team respected that a lot too so yeah and a couple of your big moments here at home that really stand out uh you know the central connecticut game we had a big you know big steal late to like layup to tie it the boise state game of course stands out with the, the game-winning layup and then that last senior night game with the 20-point comeback against santa clara all just pretty incredible moments and you had you know your hands involved in all of that but uh what do you remember from those type of games and you know those down to the wire finishes where you guys able to pull it out uh, just, just the times and the huddles, the, the <laughs> close huddles, the halftime locker room talks. It's just like the guys just together, like, hey man, we could really do this. Like when he's down twenty to Santa Clara, we just kept saying. I, I remember talking to Donald. I was on the bench, and I'm like, man, bro, we really gonna win this game. Like we gonna, and we're watching it as it unfold. It was, it was <laughs> crazy because. I mean, I wasn't involved in the whole comeback, so sitting on the bench and just, just admiring and watching, you could see, like, they, they started to get a little rattle. We started yeah. to get momentum. The bench started jumping up. And this is down 18. Yeah. We're still having that energy. And then, you know, one bucket led to another, and all of a sudden, we pressing. And now we got the lead, and it's like, whoa, where did this lead <laughs> go? Like, how did we just make this happen? I mean, so I say the huddles and just – just the halftime talks, that, that's what you remember the most because encouraging each other, you know, to keep battling and keep going. So that's probably the most thing I remember about those moments. And, and you had a really great relationship with, you mentioned head coach Mike Dunlap, which is the whole coaching staff. What were some of the things that they helped teach you and would tell you in those type of huddle moments or locker room moments that, that helped you develop in your in your LMU career? Uh, just stay locked in. I mean, pay attention to detail because detail is very important. 
scout reports were great sometimes, and um, when you when you pay attention to details, you know, some guys you you giving them open shots, and that, on the scout report we say you can't let him shoot there, you can't let him get that shot off, and when 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 we was noticing that, you know, we was giving them easy buckets down the stretch. Uh, some games we lost, and that was last year down the stretch buckets because we weren't paying attention to details. So I think when we matured a lot more and started to focus a lot more on the, on the small things, because the small things really make a big difference. So I think that's that's probably one of the most things I'll take away from here is, is attention to detail because they were very, very specific on, on that and, and paying attention to detail was great. Okay. Yeah, it, and you got a lot of national attention this year. As of the team early on, you're in the, the first net rankings in the top 10. I know you had some interviews with you know Andy Katz and some other people involved in the conference. What was that like to just get that kind of attention and, and have that be part of your senior year? It was great because uh, I felt like one day I was just laying down watching a sports center, and it was <laughs> funny that I seen it. And they made a big joke about it, like, though, you the Mary Mom in the top 10 <laughs> net rankings? Wow, blah, blah, blah. And then they got to going back and the Hank Gathers days and like, this and this team, that. And it was just it was just funny that we was getting some of that media attention. And it was kind of good for the program, I thought, because, I mean, we haven't had that type of media attention in, in a long time. So being able to be mentioning some in the top 10 was good. I, I just felt like that media attention helped, helped give us a little bit more momentum, more momentum that we had to keep going and stay undefeated. Yeah, and looking forward uh, to your or post-playing career. You're here in a busy day and busy week for you, getting ready for graduation. You got a couple finals, uh, but looking forward after graduation, uh, what are you looking to do? I know you just signed with an agency and career, but, but what's next for you? Uh, well, that was the first step, signing with an agent. So uh, I just got that out the way, and now now that I'm with an agency, now I can you know explore my options and you know talk to different pro teams and try to get NBA workouts and, you know, explore my options over over here first before I decide to go overseas. But that's just, just the first step is let my agent do his work and um, me just, you know, staying in shape and constantly, you know, in the gym and working hard and just doing what I got to do to make sure my body is right for the next level because at the next level, I mean, it's all grown man. So, yeah. So it's a different level, and then everybody's playing to feed their families. Like it's it's not on scholarship or nothing like that. It's it's a different different level up there. So I'm ready for it. I'm prepared for it, and I can't wait. So next step is just graduating Saturday, and um, which is a big accomplishment for me. Uh, taking some time to just soak it all in that I'm graduating and that I had a great experience at LMU, and then getting right back to work. Yeah, and it seems kind of fitting for, for graduation this year. Commencement speaker is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He, of course, has his huge connection in Los Angeles with his Lakers stardom, but he got his NBA career started with the Bucks in Milwaukee, so there's that <laughs> connection yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. Well, that's some type of connection right yeah. now. Like <laughs> so, something to tie together. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it going to be like just sitting there at graduation, not only to, to hear him speak, but as you mentioned, just a big moment to, to graduate uh, and get your degree here from LMU? Yeah, it's just going to be a big moment because uh, obviously I'm my mom's oldest child. Mom and dad's oldest child, so uh, being the first out of my family and then out of my immediate family to graduate, it's just, it's just a big, big thing. And then having a convincing speaker like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I mean, I love the game of basketball. He's the all-time leading scorer, so that, it, yeah, that's just something like you just can't put in words, like who, who would have thought? So, I mean, it, it's amazing. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I'm, I'm excited, and I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, that's no, going to be re really cool. Uh, 
you know, looking forward for you, or looking forward for the program, actually. You're obviously graduating, as we mentioned, as a senior. Uh, you've laid the foundation here for, you know, success, one of the best seasons in team history. What do you see going forward? Obviously, you're, you have some big shoes, or the team has big shoes to fill with you leaving, but what do you see with the team going forward next year, in the next few years, uh, after you're stepping aside? Well, the thing is that they already lost three seniors, and uh, two of them were starters, but I feel like uh, the core group was underclassmen. So mm -hmm. I feel like this team got a chance to be good for a number of years. And then uh, I know they've been doing a pretty good job recruiting-wise uh, to try to put guys back on the roster to fill, the, fill these spots. So I feel like they got a real good chance. And then, I mean, like I said, we, we was a, a good defensive team. And uh, defense, I feel like they got the defenders to do it. So they they should be up there again in the top, what, 20 in the country in defense like we were, defense efficiency like we were. And, I mean, they'll, they'll find a way to find offense. I mean, they, they got talent all around the board. And um, Yvonne, he, he's a very talented guy that didn't even get a chance to, you know, really showcase his talent this year being a freshman. So a lot of guys have more opportunity, and I feel like that's the guy that's going to step up and have bigger roles, guys like that. So I feel like these, these guys are built built to last and built to have another great season. Yeah, no question about it. And and for you, we mentioned some of the, you know, the out-of-the-country road trips. Uh, what was it like playing in the WCC? We know it was super competitive this season. Of course, Gonzaga's always mentioned, but just playing on the road in some of these atmospheres and doing well in this conference, what was that like this season? Well, it was great. It was great. It was definitely great to get uh, San Francisco back. They, they got us last year, so it was definitely good to beat them at their home because we only had one opportunity because we haven't played them once. Yeah. Uh, but the competition was great. I mean, it, it, it was great. I, I felt like this is the best the conference been in a, in a while from top to bottom because uh, it normally has been a lot top-heavy. I mean, Gonzaga was obviously up there. Uh, but the other guys, I mean, it, it was very competitive. Every night it was competitive, even playing the – first team and playing a team in last place. It, it was competitive and, and I just felt like it was, it was a good year for the WCC and I was excited for the teams that were able to play postseason basketball and next year I think it probably will get even better because yeah. we, we set the standard and a lot of teams were younger I would say as in like not senior heavy. Mm -hmm. So. It should be interesting in the next couple of years. Yeah, and this home game you had this year against Gonzaga, you guys went down to the wire with them. You mentioned you did that in the conference tournament again last year. Uh, they, of course, are you know losing a couple of players who are going into the draft. But what do you think it'll take to you know finally overcome them and beat them uh, in the upcoming years for LMU? Uh, really, it just just attention to detail. Like I said, it'd be those little things that make a big difference. So. I remember it was 58-58 uh, here on our floor, and I think we started off with a turnover, and, and that one little turnover led to a couple buckets by them, and all of a sudden you're looking at the score and you're down eight, and it was just a tight That's game. all it takes, yeah. And that's all it takes, and a team that good, you're not just going to come back like this. You're just going to take – it's going to take time, and, and that's the thing. So just the, the little details when you win close games like that to be aware of and – conscious of that you know we got to convert here and and big time plays need to be be made by big time players yeah and looking forward to your professional career 
know you said you're going to let your agent, you know, do his work uh, and get that thing going. But is there any, what's the goal for you as far as where you want to play, the type of basketball you want to play going forward? Well, my goal is to make it to the NBA. So I'm going to keep striving to reach that goal until I can anymore. And, and rather I have to go overseas or the developmental league to, you know, ultimately reach my goal, then that's what I'm willing to do because, I mean, since I was a kid, I always dreamed of playing the NBA and I felt that I was good enough growing up and I still feel like I'm good enough now. So as uh, long as I put in the work um, and, like I said, the AC working for me and trying to put the best word out for me and just give me opportunities, then that's where I go from there. But ultimately, my goal is to play in the NBA and I'm going to just keep keep that goal until I can't dribble a ball anymore <laughs> and, then, and then go from there. Yeah, and we know that you're from Milwaukee. Um, are you a Bucks fan? Have you been enjoying yeah, yes, that? Definitely. What do you think about I've what been they've telling, been doing? I've been telling people <laughs> we're going to the finals. Nobody was believing me. They was laughing at me, and uh, they kind of surprised me though, beating the Celtics in five. That, that, that as convincingly, yeah. That was very surprising because they. I felt like the Celtics were the most talented team in the East, and uh, we we kind of handled them pretty fairly easy. So. I mean, this next round is going to be tough. I'm definitely going to a game when I get back home. Uh, hopefully, it's the Raptors because I'd rather see Kawhi Leonard in person than, <laughs> yeah. than the Sixers. But uh, I'd rather play probably the Sixers than Toronto because Kawhi Leonard, and they, I think they just kind of scare me, man. They, they're pretty <laughs> deep. Yeah. The Raptors pretty deep. And, uh, I mean, man, they got some pieces. They got Siakam and... Kawhi and Gasol, and yeah, they got some pieces. So, I mean, I, I'd rather play the Sixers than the Raptors, but still, I, I still think we're going to the finals. So, I'll be at a game for sure. Nice. I mean, that's got that's gonna be really exciting. And uh, like you say, you can't be doing much better than Milwaukee's doing right now with the way they kind of roll through Boston, as you said. So, um, before we let you go, any just final thoughts about your your overall career at LMU? Uh, and just your impressions of, of what it was like to be here and, and just perform so successfully, be all over the record books uh, at your time here. Uh, I was just, like I said before, man, just thankful for the opportunity. Uh, had a great time here at LMU. Um, met some great people. Built some great friendships that's going to last me a, last me a lifetime. And, um, man, I was just thankful for the opportunity to play at Gerson, to play in a historic place like Hank Gathers played in and stuff like that. I just, I just soaked it all in playing in LA. And it, it was just exciting, man. It was fun. I mean, like meeting guys like you and mm -hmm. Matt and guys who travel with us and who, who we build a connection with. It was just fun. So I'm excited. Uh, I felt like I, my time here was very successful and meaningful. And I'm just thankful for the, for the guys I got to do it with. So it's pretty much the last thing I really got on LMU basketball. Faculty, staff, everything was good at LMU, and I'm glad I'm getting my degree here and can say I played here at Loyola Marymount. Man, I know I can speak for for all the faculty and all the fans here. It's been a an honor to watch you play. You know, you gave it your all every night, and just uh, such a fun player to watch. It was, it was really great getting to know you and uh, know that you're going to do great things going forward to the next level. So, congrats on that, and uh, you know, thanks again for coming on the show. No, thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. You have a good one. And a big thanks once again to James Bateman for coming on the show. Such a great guy, and he's going to, without question, have a great professional career upcoming for his pursuit of professional basketball. Be sure to follow along with him as he makes that journey, and 
uh, big salute once again to his Lions career. Such a fun player to to watch, and uh, he's got great things upcoming, as we said. We want to thank you once again for, for tuning in and following along with the show. If you do enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. You can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart, and also at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass. Uh, and as you take a look at Believe.com, there's a lot of other great shows on the platform as well, uh, including some shows about the NFL Draft, which just, of course, took place, uh, NBA, along with a new University of San Diego Toreros podcast. Uh, so a lot of stuff there on the Believe Podcast Network. Go ahead and take a look and check it out. Uh, and as we said, if you enjoy the show, we're here every week for the LME Lions Basketball Podcast. We'll be back again next week. But once again, a big thanks to James Bateman. And a big thanks to you for tuning in. And you're listening here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place to show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.